Welcome back, everyone, to the Catholic Traveler podcast, where we are taking you daily through the station churches of Lent in a little virtual pilgrimage of sorts. Hi, Mountain. Hi, Joni. Hi, people. How are, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Yeah. So we're in the Monday of the third week of Lent. Already the third week. Yeah. Hmm. Time flies. And we, time flies when you're having fun. I think. Are you having fun? I am. I'm enjoying uh, our daily podcast. I'm enjoying the daily videos. So, yeah. I am too. I'm having. Good. I'm having a very fun Lent. <laughs> Funnest. <laughs> one of my ever. friends one time. I was one time. One of my friends. I was going to stations, and she. We were at work, and I was like, "I'm going to go to stations," and she's like, "Have fun." And then she kind of waited. She was like, "Just kidding." And then that's become our inside joke. Have fun at stations. I mean, I guess it's not really an inside joke, but you know what I mean. Um, so yesterday we talked about how today's church is a bit hidden. So you've probably gone past it if you've been to Rome, but you might not have known you've gone past it. Yeah, this church is San Marco, and it's located in Piazza Venezia. So if you've been to Rome, you know the wedding cake or the, what else they call it, the typewriter. It's the big white marble Ugly. Some say it's ugly. <laughs> Monument to Victor Emmanuel. Um, kind of like right in the heart of Rome. Uh, there's a big traffic circle. So pretty much no anywhere you're going in Rome, if you're taking a car or a bus, you're going to go through this area. And, the and church, if you've walked through Rome, it's a terrifying, terrifying place because it's yeah. just really hard to cross the street. And I used to have to do it every day, and I hated it. You have to be brave okay, go on. <laughs> and just step out in traffic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so it's it's kind of within all of these buildings that surround Piazza Venezia. Uh, there's a bunch of trees blocking it, and so it doesn't look like a church from afar. If you get up close, you can see that it's marble. The marble that it used to build it was from the Colosseum, so it has that same look, the travertine marble. Um, there's, I'm sure there's a cross on top or something, but it's hard to see any of that from the road. It's a little so, bell tower. little bell tower. Yeah. Just if you're visiting Rome, I one of my favorite drinking fountains is outside the church too. So it looks like a little pineapple and the water is always cold. So Mountain doesn't drink from the drinking fountains in Rome. <laughs> I love them. And this is one I highly recommend for those of you visiting. Yeah, it is completely safe to drink the water from the fountains in Rome. Not like the Trevi, but the, the fountains that are constant. <laughs> well, I mean, some people might, oh, Mountain said it was okay. That's very true. Yeah. Good clarification. Um, no, there's fountains all over Rome. I think there's like a thousand or something. I don't know how many. There's a map of all the fountains that Rome has put out so you know where they are. And it's fresh water. It's clean. Like you said, it's cold. It's good. But I've seen too many things. <laughs> I've seen too many people and bathing with them. Nope. Don't tell us because I like to drink out of them. Putting so their just, mouths on them. Nope. 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 But, People filling up so like don't mop to buckets that. and like the thing is in the mop bucket. and <laughs> Hey, I've, I'm still here. Maybe that's helped me fight Corona is my Maybe. immune system is so good after drinking out of the fountain. Maybe. That's that's possible. Yeah. But no, it is good water. So, yes, so. enjoy. Okay, well, that's San Marco. Yeah. So originally the church was named after the evangelist St. Mark, and it's now also dedicated to Pope St. Mark, who's buried here. Um, but it's interesting, St. Mark, I I really love the, the 
figure of Mark because of his history in Acts of the Apostles. So we see him in Acts. He's called John Mark, and he was the son of Mary of in Jerusalem. She lived in Jerusalem, Acts 12, 12. She was really, her home became kind of the center for the Christian community in Jerusalem. His cousin was St. Barnabas. But the reason I really love St. Mark is that he is the cause of a fight between Barnabas and St. Paul, because on St. Paul's first missionary journey, uh, Mark missed home. He got homesick. So he wanted to go home. And uh, so he left. And then Paul wouldn't let Mark come on his next journey because he said, you know, he disappointed us and we're not going to let him come. And so there's a bit of a fight between Paul and Barnabas. And but the story doesn't end there. And this is why I think the figure of Mark and Paul are really they're both intriguing, because when Paul's imprisoned, Mark is listed as his companion in Colossians 4.10. And he eventually then tells Timothy also to bring Mark back to him because he's profitable for him in his ministry. And so we see that, you know, I think sometimes we can hold grudges or we can think that, you know, things are irreparable between friends when stuff happens or when people disappoint us. But I think in Mark and Paul, we have this great example of something happened and somebody apologized and somebody admitted they were wrong and there's some reconciliation. And so I think we also tend to think that the saints were perfect and that, you know, Paul, like, it seems kind of fun to think of Paul and Barnabas as getting into a fight because we don't we don't really see the saints sinning. And um and so I think it's just a good reminder to us that the saints are human, that people have grudges, people have falling outs, but nothing is forever and you have to you have to forgive and forget and move on. And um so John Mark or Saint Mark is a good reminder to us of this. He is also the interpreter for Saint Peter and we believe that he um, received his information for his gospel from St. Peter, and he wrote it in this general area. So he wrote it in the general area of one, where San Marco is today. So just remember that about the saints, that they're human, and that, you know, sometimes their their failings can teach us just as much as their their virtues. Very good, Joni. Thanks. And that's a little theology. <laughs> uh, yeah, so inside this church— it is, again, a beautiful church. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's one of the oldest in Rome. It was built in 336. So it's, again, one of the first 25 churches of Rome. Um, it has what they think is probably the oldest wooden ceiling in a church in Rome. Beautiful wooden ceiling. ceiling. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds uh, a lot of people of Mary Major. It's very similar to um, that. And it's really, yeah, the ceiling. Always look up when you go into these churches. Always look up. And look down because the floors are pretty mm-hmm. nice too. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, we mentioned, can we talk about the thing now? Are you ready to talk about the thing? Yes. There's other things to talk about, but you can talk yeah, about go the ahead. thing. Go ahead and talk about your thing. Well, I mean, there's it's the titular church for Venice. So a lot of people are familiar with Mark being attached to Venice because that's where the the body of St. Mark is. So the body of Pope St. Mark is here, but the body of St. Mark is in Venice. And so Paul VI, who was, oh, sorry, Paul VI, Paul II, Paul II was from Venice, and this was his titular and as patriarch and of Venice, and he eventually made this the Venetian church. So we've talked before about how different communities and different countries have churches in Rome, and this was this is the church of Venice, which makes sense because they love St. Mark. Um, and so traditionally, the titular, it's been the titular churches of, of the uh, patriarch of Venice, and so John Paul I, this was actually his titular church as well. 
So I just love looking at the history of the titular churches and what different cardinals or popes were attached to each church. And so I just wanted to mention that before you mentioned your thing. Oh, do you? So <laughs> you mentioned that St. Mark is in Venice. So he, orig- he was originally in, I think it was Alexandria or something. Yeah. They and stole him. they stole him. But the way they got him <laughs> to Venice is, and they tell the story on the Basilica of St. Mark in Venice. You can see it in a mosaic. But to get um, the body past the the Muslims who were, you know, searching stuff, trying to make sure nobody stole anything, they put him in a basket like covered in pig pork because they knew that if the Muslims saw the pork, they wouldn't like go through it. They would just assume it's a bunch of meat. And that's how they got the body of Mark to Venice. So it's interesting that his symbol his symbol should be a pig instead of a lion then. Yeah, I don't think that maybe not. Yeah. Okay. It, would, it wouldn't have the same meaning. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's a little gross story, but also kind of interesting and creative how they were able to yes. smuggle bodies around. Uh what else in this church? You said there were lots. Was the there lots thing. or just the titular thing? Well, the titular thing, um, the body of Pope St. Mark. I think they also claim to have relics of the Holy Innocents. So, again, there's different levels of credibility sometimes with relics. Um, you know, and we won't get into that now, but, you know, it's nice to have faith to even remember the Holy Innocents when you're here, even if these aren't actually the, the relics of the Holy Innocents. But they could be. We don't know. Um, but, yeah, I guess that's it. I'll let you talk about other relics or anti-relics now. Anti-relics. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so... You and I were in Jordan years ago. I don't know how long ago that was. Two years? Two and a half? Um, A year and a half. Yeah. And we were, it was one of those nights where the group was kind of on their own for dinner. And so a few of us, you and Father Hammond, mm-hmm. we went to, was it an Italian restaurant? I think it was an it Italian. It was funny. Yeah. An Italian restaurant on the Dead Sea in Jordan. It was good, though, if I remember. It was nice. It was, it was yes. good. Um, and we were talking about – Father Hammond lived here for a while. He's in Nashville. And we were talking about some of our favorite things in Rome and some of the coolest things we'd seen. And he said something – he was talking about Station Church days. And he was like, well, you know about the the relic of the um, – The plagues. The plagues, but the – The ten plagues. The uh, the vial of darkness. Well, he just started. Yeah, he started talking about how there were relics of the ten plagues in San Marco, which that's why we said anti relic because yeah. that seems odd to have a relic of the ten plagues. And we were both like, "What are you talking about? Like what? Like we'd never heard of this." But I, that's what I love about Father Hammond is Father Hammond really took advantage of his time in Rome because not everybody does. No. Like some people are there to study and they kind of miss home and they kind of get stuck in like, "Oh well, I'm in Rome." Blah blah blah. But Father Hammond really took advantage of his time. And I love that. And so I love his stories because he was always going to places and discovering new things. And he discovered somehow that they had the relics of the 10 plagues. Yeah. Well, when he said the the vial of darkness, like it, it sent shivers <laughs> up my spine. Like we're sitting out by the Dead Sea, lowest place on earth. And it's always hot there. And I just got cold thinking about it. And he mentioned that he went to one of the station masses there one year. And afterwards, you know, they they have relics that they display on the altar at all these station masses. If you've seen any of the pictures I've posted, 
Um, but they don't put all the relics out because a lot of these churches have tons of relics. And so when he's back in the sacristy, I guess one of the guys that works there says, oh, and these are the the relics of the, the plagues. Yeah, or somebody maybe knew about them and asked. Because I don't think they voluntarily show them. Maybe. I don't know. Right. And so they were looking at a couple of them. I don't know. Like, what is it? A locust in a vial or something? Like, who? first of all, who collects yeah. these things? That's <laughs> Who's thinking like there's yeah. a bunch of locusts is flying around. You're going to yeah. grab one and stick Nile it in a jar. blood. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and then, so they're looking at, oh, that's cool. And then the guy says, and you don't want to see the vial of darkness. And he was like, wait, what? And so apparently, I've never seen it, but Father Hammond has seen it. It's this vial of darkness. And he said that it's the darkest thing he'd ever seen. It was like it was sucking light out of the room into the little reliquary. And it just, it kind of creeps me out that that exists, even if it's maybe not authentic. We don't know. Like, how do you collect? What is it? How do you collect darkness? But yeah, like he's, and he wasn't like joking about it. Like he seemed genuinely disturbed by it as well. Like as he was telling us, you know, it wasn't like, yeah, this cool thing I saw. It was like, this was the creepiest thing I've ever seen. Right. So I really want to see it. (laughs) I don't. <laughs> I do. So tell us about it when you... Yeah. Someday. So I don't know. I don't know what to think, but yeah. So that's a San Marco for some reason. Yep. And you probably won't get to see it. Probably not. No. But maybe I'll go today to the five o'clock mass. No, maybe I'll wander go into earlier. the sacristy. No, I'll go earlier in the day and I'll see if I can get somebody to show me. Because today is the day they're going to show stuff. This is the day they would show somebody. I'll take the kids. Kids always help. <laughs> yeah. Kids they might, be, they might not be willing to show it to the children. They it might, might be too scary. I'll say, like, yeah, my kids, they love like plagues and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't know. Bring, yeah. I don't know. So... Hopefully he's not pulling our leg, but it didn't seem like he was. No, I've I've talked to other priests that have heard about this. Oh. No one has seen okay. it except him. That okay. I know. I'm sure somebody has seen yeah. it. But, yeah. So, San Marco. San another Marco. good apse mosaic. I know you always laugh when I mention the apse mosaics, but this I set do? was another good one. Have I laughed? Well, one time, one time I was commenting on them and you kind of went, yeah, or something like that. But oh. um, you have to go into like, the archives yeah. for that. I don't remember that <laughs> But um, this is actually one of the last major um, our mosaics for about three hundred years. So it, it's it's the typical one that we've talked about, you know, with Jesus and the symbolism. But you won't see another one. It was ninth century. You won't see another one for a while. So yeah, and this one again Always has a pope with the blue nimbus or the the blue square halo on his head. Um, pope Gregory, he was alive at the time. Lots to see in Rome. Always good. So even when you're walking by churches that you don't realize are there, there's something beautiful hanging out behind those trees. There's also a perpetual adoration chapel kind of attached. Well, it's not perpetual because we've already said there's only one perpetual adoration chapel in Rome. But there's a little chapel around the corner from this church. Um, There's an art museum here. There's a couple of other buildings all attached in this big complex and um, around the corner, there's a little door and there's a little chapel. And it's a little modern chapel, but they have extended adoration throughout the day. And it's a nice little refuge because Piazza Venezia is crazy busy and there's all these cars. And then you walk through these doors and there's this little refuge of 
exposed exposition, um, extended adoration. And then on the other corner near that same little doorway is a green balcony where Mussolini used to address the crowds because this is where he would have lived and dictated from. Yeah. And if you're facing the church, like if you're at the door of the church, to the left, there's another door that leads into a quiet little courtyard. And it kind of looks like you're not supposed to be back there, but it, it's open to the public. It cuts all the way through to the street. But it's a great place, oh. if especially like in the summer, if you just want to have some peace and quiet. Like you can't hear the traffic. There's some of the palm trees that you see in Rome in there and little birds flying around. It's just, that's nice. really nice. And it's, I think it connects to that museum. Um, okay. But it's, yeah. So you can go drink from the pineapple a, fountain and then go sit yeah. in this yeah. courtyard and have a nice little, you can journal your, your trip to Rome. That's a good place for that. It's a good little tip. Yeah. I saw a Caravaggio exhibit at this art museum. My sister dragged me there because I didn't know who he was. And uh, she dragged us all there and... I'm very grateful because it was a great exhibit. And now I wish I had appreciated it more. I've never been. I think there was a Raphael. Was there a Raphael exhibit there right before lockdown? Maybe. No, Um, that was up by the presidential palace. Oh, okay. Just kidding. Um, But there is an art museum. Sometimes they'll have like a big banner outside saying what's in there. And so when you're in Rome, keep your eyes out for things like that, for concerts and churches, for maybe rotating art exhibits, because there's a lot to see in Rome, but you can also take advantage of, of it being you know, a cosmopolitan city that has these opportunities as well. Yeah, there was a Lego exhibit right there, right before Ooh, the lockdown. that would be fun. Yeah. Wow. You didn't go. No, we, we couldn't leave our homes. It was right around that time. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was not a very popular exhibit because <laughs> no one could go. <laughs> right. Maybe it'll come back. Maybe it'll be back. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks, Mountain. Thanks, Joni. Thanks, listeners. Thanks, thanks for listening. And we are going to a very familiar church. Well, maybe not to everybody, but to you and me, a very familiar church tomorrow. It's one of my favorites. I'm looking forward to it. One of your favorites. They're all favorite. No, they're not all favorites. No. Okay. Well, we will talk to you tomorrow, everyone. Ciao, people. Ciao, ciao, ciao.